Hello and welcome to Insights, the podcast with your host, Joe Parnay. Join me in this deep exploration of our personal journeys from ambition to meaning, where we stop living life fast and start living life deep. This is a journey of waking up and realizing that our lives have never been about us, but about others. True success leaves positive ripple effects on other souls. I believe that success needs to be redefined from our own personal ambitious endeavors to be redefined as the value that we leave and give to others around us. Join me now as we begin this journey to deeper connections, even more fulfillment, some fun, curiosity, life, love, and all good things. Your deeper journey from ambition to meaning starts right now. Hello, everyone. It's Joe here. Welcome to episode 51 of Insights. Thank you so much for joining me. Loving the journey, as I said in the last episode. Just a couple of quick housekeeping things. Um, Just so wrapped that a couple of weeks ago, we did, uh, of course, my uh, free intro to Extended Disc for those of you who are fascinated by the world of behavioral and energetic profiling. So we had 160 people come on board and, uh, and, and be in the training, which was just just a phenomenal day and a half. It was so much fun. So thank you to each and every one of you who joined me there. A couple of you, uh, well, many of you, there's about 40 or 50 people that um, uh, couldn't make it to that actual date, uh, asking me about the next date. So the next dates will be in February, um, or the next free session, I should say, for the day and a half, the intro to eDisc is in February uh, next year in 2021. And those dates will soon, the actual dates will be soon published on joeparnair.com.au. So, and also one last final, final housekeeping thingy before we go into today's session. Um, excitingly, before Christmas, uh, what will be released finally uh, is the Emotional Fitness Formula online program. So, uh, you'll see on the website, uh, on my website, joepane.com.au, I'll also have available for you to watch for free a mini online course called the Emotional Fitness Warm Up. So for those of you who've been following my work and really get a lot of value out of not only these podcast episodes, but also my emotional fitness work, finally, my program will be available for release uh, this side of Christmas in 2020. So I'll uh, keep you in touch with what's going on there with the latest developments. All right. So let's hop into today's conversation. Today, what I want to focus on is a what I call a practical understanding of how we create all of our experiences a practical understanding of how we create all of our experiences. So every iota of our experience is absolutely filled with the colors and flavors of our emotions, as you know, from if you've been following me for a while. Uh, The quality of our lives is absolutely determined by the quality of our experiences. And the quality of our experiences are either amplified or minimized by our emotions. Our emotions are our lives and our lives are our emotions. So fascinatingly, Our emotions are not automated the way that most people think. Our emotions did not automatically respond to facts. And for those of you who have been following me for a while, because I want to go deeper into this right now, is that uh, you have heard me teach in my trainings and other sessions that our emotions respond to our interpretation of the facts, not the facts themselves. And this is a key fundamental chunk of awareness. So the key word here is interpretation. In other words, our emotions are manufactured by the meaning that we give our thoughts. And our thoughts are merely what we think 
is happening in that experience. So, for example, as I and this this wonderful example I want to share with you, I've been sharing in my live sessions on Zoom here for the last few months. So, just pretend you're walking down a busy local street and you see your friend across the road. You wave at them, and they and they don't wave back. What do you think just happened? What is your interpretation of what just happened? What is the meaning that you assign to that experience? Right there is a pivotal moment. The meaning you give that moment is a psychological portal into the doorway of your reality. Our realities are determined by the meaning we give those micro moments. Whether I decide to feel sad and rejected or merely giggle and look forward to telling our friend how blind they are and whichever other dozens of meanings that I may give this experience, this can influence our day more than we may be even aware of. When it comes to our interpretation of our experiences, the order of play seems to be that the experience leads to a thought and the meaning that is then attributed to that thought creates the emotion. This happens in less than half a second. Our emotions then influence what action we may or may not take. The action that we take then gives birth to another thought which comes with another meaning and another emotion and so on. So for example, let's go back to our friend in the street. We wave and they don't wave back. The meaning I give that experience is that I feel sad and rejected. Because I feel sad and rejected, I may now decide to isolate myself. Isolate myself energetically, isolate myself physically, or in whichever which way I choose to isolate myself. In isolation, which is a new experience I'm giving myself because of my interpretation of the initial event, I now have another thought, another meaning, which is, you know what, nobody ever reaches out to me. And that meaning I give now makes me feel upset or maybe even angry. So now I decide to send an angry email to my friend. Immediately after pressing send, I now feel guilty. And on and on it goes. All of this has been created by my initial response to my friend not waving back. Isn't that fascinating? It happens so fast that the illusion is, it's just how I feel. It's not. We've created it. The question I want to explore here, though, is this, and this is the point of this particular episode. I want to explore more deeply, how do we create this meaning? Like, how does it actually happen? What influences the meaning that we give our thoughts? Can we change the meaning? How do we do it? So I've got a couple of different directions I want to take this conversation so as to answer these questions more thoroughly. Firstly, we need to be aware that all change is only one thought away. Awareness is a precursor to all change. In other words, being aware that we can change what meaning we give our experiences is the beginning of transforming how we experience anything. And there are many layers to our awareness. Let's begin at the most surface uh, part of the layer first, and then we'll go a little bit deeper. Most people, by the way, and before we go into the surface level, there's two layers I want to take you through here in this conversation. Uh, We'll get to that in in a moment. I just want to make this comment. Most people are unconscious meaning-making machines. So the question is, how do we become conscious meaning-making machines? And hence the two layers that I want to cover with you. So let's look at the first layer, which I call surface level. So Viktor Frankl in Man's Search for Meaning, one of my all-time favorite books that I recommend that not only do you read, but it's a book that you might want to pick up once every two or three years just to reconnect with this amazing man's story, just incredible. In Man's Search for Meaning, he said that the most important time that we have is that fine time between stimulus and response. 
or in other words, the experience and the meaning that we give that experience. We can break the response element into two parts, at the meaning-created level and what I call the trigger level. At the meaning-created level, we can bring our attention to the fact that we don't know, we can bring our attention to the fact, listen to this very carefully, that we don't actually know why our friend hasn't waved back at us. And right there, take conscious control of what meaning we may choose to create over this experience. We break the automated circuit with a question like, and I love this question because it is the most simplest of all questions and yet one of the most powerful of all questions, and that is, how do I know this is true? In other words, how do I know that the meaning I'm, as, I'm ascribing to this experience is true? The answer is that 99% of the time, I reckon 100% of the time, we don't actually know the truth of that. It's just stuff that we've made up. The trigger level, so that's the meaning-based level. At the trigger level, and I'm still talking about the level, the layer one sort of surface level. At the trigger level, the trigger level is based on an echo of our original meaning. In other words, for example, our friend doesn't see us waving, right? In that example, we give it the meaning that we feel sad and rejected. And because of this meaning, we decide to isolate ourselves. The action of isolation then creates an extended meaning of nobody ever reaches out. So we decide whilst feeling the way that way to so whilst feeling that way we might decide to send an angry email right the trigger point is the point between the action taken and the new meaning created so me isolating myself and then suddenly having the meaning of well nobody ever reaches out to me and having that feeling in that moment with awareness i can cut the trigger right there and change the way i'm experiencing it so the trigger point is between the action and the new meaning or feeling created. That is the fine time between the action of isolation and the meaning of nobody ever reaches out. We have an opportunity right there to press pause and stop the isolation strategy in this example, for, as I've been highlighting. This immediately short circuits the following action of sending an angry email. And now we will prevent the feeling of guilt and regret, which would arise if we sent our email, our friend that angry email all because of the original fire starter here that was that they didn't wave us from across the street. We can short circuit this line of thought anytime. So that's layer one. Layer two, the second one is just under the surface, something that most people perhaps aren't aware of in terms of how we create meaning. So let's have a look at what this is. So what is it that influences the meaning that we give this event of our friend not waving back at us? Why is it that one person may not even give this experience a single thought and just continue on their merry way while somebody else experiences the same moment and suddenly goes into the space of feeling sadness, isolation, rejection, sending an angry email, feeling guilty, which may then lead to self-destructive behavior? What a difference. So why is that? The answer, my friends, is blowing in the wind. Oh, I have always wanted to say that. <laughs> By the way, the answer is not blowing in the wind. Dearest me, the answer, <laughs> if it's not in the wind, where is it? The answer lies in our past or more accurately put, our interpretation of our own historical data, our historical narrative, what we call our past. Our truth of now what we're experiencing now is mostly influenced by our past and least influenced by what is happening right now. 
Seeing our friend across the street waving at him and he doesn't wave back at us is only one byte of data of experience in comparison to megabytes of historical data. So listen to this very carefully. It is the quality of our historical data which will determine the actual truth. For example, he just didn't see me. The actual truth. He just didn't see me compared to the apparent truth, which is he's ignoring me, or the imagined truth. He doesn't like me. I feel rejected. I'll say that again. It is the quality of our historical data which will determine whether we experience the event as actual truth, apparent truth, or imagined truth. Actual truth is the fact is that the person just didn't wave back. No further interpretation needed. The apparent truth is where I start creating meaning. It didn't wave back. He's ignoring me. He's ignoring me. And the imagined truth, which now I take it even more personally, and I make it mean that he doesn't like me and I feel rejected. Most people are stuck in, a, in an accumulation of imagined truths versus actual truths. So if we're not even aware of this, and now you are, right? <laughs> Our interpretation of what once happened is influencing the meaning of what is. The great news is that we can change all this. Given we are meaning-making machines, we can also change our interpretation of what once happened. For example, if I'm reacting to my friend not waving back with sadness and rejection, that is because this micro-experience has triggered some kind of memory, perhaps, maybe, of all of the times I've, been, I've experienced sadness and rejection in my past. Now, it's not always that simple, but there is certainly a connection between our micro-experiences of now and our historical experiences of then. Most of us are unconscious slaves to our history. Becoming aware of how much influence and power our history can have on us. That's our personal history. It's not the history of humanity, our personal histories. By becoming aware of this changes everything because we can reset, redeem, restart, or even reignite. Remember, all change is only one new thought away. And listen to this. I love this. You're more truly you when you don't remember your past. Reflect on that. You're more truly you when you don't remember your past. Wow, that's open to interpretation, isn't it? <laughs> Have you ever re-met a high school friend from 10, 20, or maybe even 30 years ago? Have you noticed how challenging it is that you know it can be to look beyond your memory of who they were? They, like us, have changed a lot over these years, but our only experience of them was perhaps 1987, not 2020 and beyond. We are still stuck in responding to our idea of who they were. We are always responding and creating meaning to the idea we have of someone else, the key word being idea. For example, many years ago in one of my three-day workshops, I got to know this wonderful woman. She was in her 30s who was seeking a career change. Um, she wanted to bring more depth, meaning, and spiritual principle into her professional life. So I assumed that she was uh, either some kind of healer, consultant, or perhaps a coach or a counselor. I was already responding in our conversation, and listen to this, to the idea I had of her in my mind. Now, when she told me that she was a policewoman and had been a policewoman for 10 years, this was a complete surprise, and I just couldn't see her in that capacity. Just couldn't see it. I just couldn't see how she would have a gun a uniform, and dealing with a whole range of members of our society. It's a nice way of putting it, isn't it? This was, a gro <laughs> this was grossly inconsistent to my idea of who I thought she was or is. 
Now, if I had met her weeks later in the street as a policewoman first, so no, sorry, I'll say that more accurately. If I had met her weeks later after my workshop as a policewoman, I would see her as a healer, counselor first, and then maybe as a policewoman. My experience of her would be my idea of her, my experience, therefore my, I, my experience of her would be completely different. If on the other hand, I had been pulled over for speeding by her, and this had been my first time meeting her, and then I saw her at my workshop, I would be feeling completely different about her initially anyway, because my idea of her would be as a policewoman first. I'd be thinking, oh my God, there's that lady who pulled me over. What's she doing in my workshop? It'd be just a completely different, because my idea of her is different. We are completely responding to our idea of who we are and who we think others are. So what does this have to do with us and our historical narratives? Everything. Get this, our historical narratives are nothing more than an outdated idea we have of who we think we once were. Fundamentally, how we see ourselves is nothing more than an idea about ourselves. If we are not aware of this, and now you are, it is incredible how much power people's narratives still hold over how they create meaning in their lives. Am I getting too excited here? This is so important. Who you and I are today is vastly different to who we were 10, 20, or 30 years ago. Now, whilst this may seem obvious to most of us here in this, in this um, you know, these podcast series, what is not so obvious is that many people still hold an idea of their past that hasn't changed and not been upgraded to who they are today. They remain unconscious victims to their historical narratives. That historical narrative no longer exists. It is simply a memory, an outdated idea of who we once were. We know this is true because the 2020 version of you and I can handle responsibilities, challenges, and issues that the 2000 model of us could simply not cope with. Becoming aware of the power of our past and how the power it can have over us by bringing the awareness I hope that this conversation is bringing can reset, redesign, and redeem the idea we have of ourselves so our historical data can catch up to who we have become. By changing how we see things, now we are recreating our history as we move forward. This will then change and positively influence the meaning we give our thoughts, which then changes the emotional flavor, which then in turn changes how we experience anything. How's that for an idea? I hope you enjoyed my rant today. I thoroughly love delivering this particular episode for you. Um, These are some finite distinctions that I've been thinking about for a number of days as I was thinking about how I could language this in a way that can build a linguistical bridge between my thoughts and me communicating this to you. So I hope you got great value out of that. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, Remember, if you haven't done so already and if you genuinely feel that this is a five-star uh, experience in terms of podcast quality, in terms of qu- quality of content, etc. cetera. Uh, would love for you to go over to iTunes and give me a five-star rating. I think there's 80 plus five-star ratings there now, and I deeply, deeply appreciate all of your support. And um, once again, I really, I love the random LinkedIn messages I get and messenger messages on Facebook I get from people who are thoroughly loving these, um, these podcasts. So thanks so much for your support. Hope you enjoyed this one. And I'll see you in a couple of weeks' time for episode 52. So you will notice, by the way, moving forward, one last housekeeping thing as I wrap up this particular episode. The episodes are going to be coming out once every fortnight from now on rather than once every week. Um, There's a number of reasons for that which I won't bore you uh, with. Uh, 
Um, but uh, be rest assured that every 12 to 14 days there will be a new episode being released. All right, so um, all good. Enjoy. See you in episode 52. I hope you enjoyed this one. Bye for now. Thank you. I'm Joe Carne, and you've been listening to Insights, the podcast. If you haven't yet, subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. You can now follow my insights on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you so much for joining me, and I'm looking forward to being with you again very soon in the next episode of Insights, the podcast.